You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. So hello everybody, we are in Sweden and we are outside. We are outside Ohen. Um, what is this place? Uh, this is a nursing home and it's called Solengen, which means the sunfield. Ah, all right. And um, and who are you? I'm Anna Karlbom and uh, I'm working as one of the managers for the dementia care in this care home. Okay. Thank you, Anna. And my name is Nicolien Wackerberg and I'm a development leader at Kulturen. And Anna has been in Sweden for a long time, but uh, for four years ago you went to England. Yes. Uh, to educate Esther coaches in England. Yeah. Uh, can you just in very short explain what are Esther coaches? Esther coaches are staff, any profession, any level, any organization that are working with people in need of care and support. And those Esther coaches have a training over, it varies a little bit. I know Sweden now does is it five or six days. Uh, England does four days of actual training when you are taught about improvement knowledge, improvement tools, measurements, statistic, evidence. And during the training, you have to do your own minor improvement work, which is an improvement to the esters that you're caring and supporting and to make both their everyday life a little bit better but also make the work and everyday life for the organization and yourself as professional a little bit easier. So you have many years experience from the Esther coaches here in Sweden and the last four years in England. Um, so so what, what, what are your reflections about this education and, and this profession or whatever we want to call it, these Esther coaches? The role as an Esther coach, I would say it's about both equipping them with the knowledge and the tools. Uh, how do I make an improvement and how do I, how do I make sure and uh, validate that this change I am implementing is actually an improvement? Because it's been said before, but I'm going to say it again, that every improvement is a change. However, not every change is an improvement. So they're equipped to evidence that and to make it in a structured way and not drifting off in tangents but also to empower them. So to be the manager of an Esther coach is quite an important role because you need to be there to support and coach your coach, but also trust them that whatever they do uh, in the means of improvement work is done to make both Esther's and the organization's life better. So what is the difference between an Esther coach and an improvement coach? Is there a difference? To me, the difference between other improvement coaches and an Esther improvement coach is that there is an extra addition with the Esther improvement coach that it has to be an improvement for the Esthers, not only for the organization or for the professionals. For the Esthers? 
fiestas, the, the people that are in the care home where I'm working, or the patients in the hospital, or the patients at the GP practice. So now you are working in this nursing home, and um, do we have any ester coaches here? No, we don't, unfortunately. Uh, but I hope to start with, we, we don't know if there would be an opportunity, I would happily send whoever would be interested to have the ester coach training. But up to then, I hope that I can still empower the staff that have a lot of good ideas to try it. As long as, probably something I've said before again, as long as you or me, we're not going to get sacked if we do this. And it's not going to kill anyone if we do it. And it's not illegal. Just try it. The worst that can happen is that we fail. And failure isn't bad. At least we can tick. That didn't work. We just tweak it and try a different angle to it. Mm? So you, um, you are embracing the learning moments. Yes. Learn from anything that happens in your everyday life and I think that's what I hope that I can as I said empower and support the staff in the care home to to open their eyes to see a little bit more to be a bit more open-eyed and open-minded mm -hmm. and grab the opportunities. Mm. Are we good today to to identify learning moments or are we just doing our job and, and caring and giving medicine and and just ticking the box? think that that varies a lot there there is a lot of task orientation as you say what well I, I have my list in the morning I have to let help these eight people to get out of bed and get dressed and have breakfast and everything uh, so I think yes there is a lot of task orientation but there are, is also a lot of will hmm? among the staff that we want to do something but and as a manager and I hope that other managers can see it the same way that then it is it's our part of our role to empower them and say yes try it yes do it but I think it's also a role of the manager um, to be aware of the learning moments yes and to yeah. create awareness yeah and um, maybe you have your list on the morning mm. and you have to do this and this and this and this Maybe there should be, what did I learn today? Yeah. And how can we get the learning that you got yeah. to your organization or to the, the other people so mm. that the learning is not there for your own? Do you have any ideas? I'm thinking of all the ESTA coaches you have been educating. How, how could they influence not only themselves, but the organization? And how could the learning be spread? Uh, spread i think what you said before about well before we leave our shift we sit down as you said and said so what have we learned today what went well a little bit like we do in the esther cafes what went well what could have gone what would have been better and learn from that and also stop talking about that this this didn't go well because we didn't we were understaffed or we didn't have that equipment or that, but leave that aside because we can't really do, as frontline staff, we can't really do anything about it. But look at, we can, every, all of us can do something. So we can't do anything about, we are, well, I don't like the word understaffed because we, 
we have to work with what we've got and how can we how can we make the best of this what can we do we are we are three staff here we would have preferred to be four but with three staff how do we make sure that we can still provide not only what Esther needs but what Esther wants as well mm -hmm. so, I think it was the great poet Michael Jackson who said something we start with the man in the mirror aha yeah that is a nice song yeah um, so you have to reflect about your own um, because even if you feel that it's oh I can't do anything it, it's the managers and the managers above them and the politicians and everyone but actually if we just think a little bit if we don't get stuck in that pity party but we actually but there must be something I can do mm -hmm. oh that's a nice word pity party yeah mm -hmm. and I think now in in um, this spring when we have all this corona and all these new guidelines and everything is changing and we can't really have the control over our lives and less control over other lives uh, this pity party is is knocking on the door yeah um, so so how can we go and help the coaches uh, because we have to coach other people mm. um, not to thrill down in the pity party I think, as we said before, we can always ask what, what did we learn today, but also before we leave, um, let's all share what am I proud of today? What have I done today? Mm -hmm. Or what have I experienced today that I'm pleased with or proud of? So that we try and, and embrace and highlight the positive as a little bit of a an opposite to all the negativeness and uh, it's easy I mean with with the people in the care home they are allowed to meet their family members or even a friend outside but they can't come in there and they can't accompany people to graduations or birthday parties or even funerals which I mean it's easy to then fall into that pity party I was robbed by the chance to say goodbye but well, I could do this and that, and I can, I can still, if I couldn't attend this funeral, I can sit down, I can light a candle or whatever I want, and I can sit there and, and cherish all the lovely memories I have of this person. To try and, and find, turn things into something positive. I know that I sometimes sound like a, a horribly positive person, which I'm not. I break down sometimes, but then up on my feet again and try and focus on the positive because the person that uh, suffers worst from your negativity is yourself. Mm. You know what I saw um, yesterday or the day before on Facebook and um, uh, there, there was a quote from Indiana Hospital I think and it was about energy. It was um, before you before your entrance our hospital think about the energy you would take with you oh, wow. and take a deep breath and something like that take a deep breath and think about it we want to take care of our patients our staff and our stakeholders or something yeah. it was something like that and really think about your energy before you come in mm. that was quite nice yeah 
how, how many people are thinking about that? What is the energy I bring into the room? Yeah. Or what kind of mood is reflecting or vibrating from, yes. from me? Yeah. Um, but it's also um, giving a lot of more responsibility that, okay, I can't be sad because then I give uh, bad energy or, oh, I can't be... Uh, so, so how are we doing that? Because I have to show me as a person. So I can't be happy all the time. No. But I think it's about being aware and uh, you can't be happy all the time and there will always be hopefully someone in your life where you can just I once worked with a manager who I was, I was then working with um, rehabilitation of staff on sick leave and there were some some hard cases to crack there and we had some there were a lot of sadness in there and then my manager asked me do you have a puking bucket which is the next step, I would guess, after a shoulder to cry on. Mm. I really need to get this out of myself. And most of us have at least one puking bucket. Someone where we could. And sometimes it's all about, I had a most horrible day because of this and this and this. And then, well, leave it. You can actually, if you want to do it metaphorically, or if, if that kind of acting is hard for you, you can actually have... A bucket or you can have a bag and you you hold this bag in front of you and just bob 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 tell all that get it out of yourself and then you wrap it up and throw it away mm -hmm. sometimes that kind of metaphor helps yeah yeah i have another metaphor it's that's it, it's a bit like the same it's when you get the feeling that things are under your skin yeah you're so frustrated then you can have the metaphor that you are showering you know that everything is yeah. just Everything is pouring down, pouring down, pouring down. And there at your feet, you see where, where it's gone. What, that's, what, that's all the negativity. It's all the negativity. Yeah. And then, then you are thinking about the sound. Yeah. So that really the water is going down with all the negativity. And there you get this sound. Well, it goes it's down gone. the drain. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. So, so when you really, because you, I think we have a feeling, and especially now, that's something, it's too much. It's mm. too much. And too much negativity and too much worries. Um, we have to get rid of it in yeah. one way or another. So I think for some people, metaphors are very, very helpful. Another one needs a really good hug. And now we have this other way that we have to keep distance. Mm. Um, I was thinking about this hugging. Uh, even if we keep distance, how about just to put your hand on the back of somebody? Yeah. Uh, and if I have been um, washing my hands, and I think it can be very helpful just to feel there is somebody yeah. you can lean to uh, you said a shoulder to cry on or yeah so it's not about keep distance all the time but have a responsibility how you keep the distance and, yes. and how your hands are washed and so on yes so nowadays for the coaches it, it is a lot of about energy to keep the energy hmm. is there something else um, for the coaches uh, that is important nowadays of that, that you want I to think, talk about? I think what, what we've been talking about in Sweden and we've been building it up in England as well to have this coach network where you can actually meet other people and you can 
you can share ideas, you can share your trouble, as you say, a trouble shared is a trouble halved, or a problem shared is a problem halved. That uh, if I'm struggling with my improvement work, or if I feel that my whole team is so negative that I'm not getting anywhere, to have that someone to, to bounce your ideas with and, and to get some more inspiration. But I mean, it's 2020, we do have Skype, we have Zoom, we have Teams meetings, we've got mobile phones, so arrange something and I think maybe being part of the how should I say the driving force in Esther that we have a bit of a responsibility to to support and make sure that we are doing this Esther gathering I did see even before I came back from England that you were doing some of you in Sweden were doing virtual afterworks and if you can't meet out on the pub because the pub's closed but we can connect through Skype and we sit there with our with our pints or our duties or our wine and we can even do I don't know if it was you or someone else I saw you can even do a pub quiz mm -hmm. and uh, you can even this may be a little bit challenging to say it in Sweden but you can actually have a drink and brainstorm about Esther ideas <laughs> as long as you don't do it at work but you can do it once you've finished work if you don't mind talking a bit of Esther you can do it over a pint or a glass of wine this is challenging for Sweden I think yeah um, but we know we have Esther in England and we also have Esther in Singapore and um, when we are there and, and even in Austria uh, then we are we don't have special working hours uh, we are talking about it because it's such a short time we are together. Yeah. So we are working day and night and mm. talking about Esther then. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe you should think about what are you passionate about and not about, okay, now it's four o'clock and now we are we are not allowed to talk about it. But th this is challenging, Anna. I, I think now there are some people listening to us and saying, oh, this is completely wrong. You should yeah. have your work and you should have your spare time. Yeah. So, so what are we going to say to them? What are we going to say to them? I think you, if you feel that this is wrong, I can't, I would, wouldn't sit well with me if I had to think about Esther and my spare time well then you shouldn't do it because even if you are passionate up to four o'clock if you don't want to do it on your spare time don't do it because the passion won't be there mm. Mm. and it has to be there so again like the whole Esther philosophy it's about what matters to you what works for you and that goes not only for our Esthers our our patients and um, and customers, it goes for us as staff as well. Mm, mm -hmm. so some of us can can sort of wake up in the middle of the night and have an extra idea, take that little notebook on the bedside table and write it down. Whereas other people manage to, it's four o'clock, turn off. And I won't turn on Esther until eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Everything is welcome. Yes, everything is welcome and everything is as valuable. Yeah. And I also think that's an important um, characteristic of a, of a coach, that everything is welcome and everything is valuable. Maybe yes. we sometimes have to twist it to help them to see uh, what's the focus. Will this be the best for Esther? Yeah. Um, but the embracing of what value will it bring is uh, very important.
All right. Um, I was about to say something when you said that. Uh, I think that's really important when not only among coaches, but everyone who works for the best of us, that there, there are no stupid ideas. As you just mentioned, that some ideas need more tweaking than others. Mm. But anything, even the most crazy wild ideas, eventually, after resting a bit and tweaking it a bit, we can find something useful there as well. So never just, what do you call turn down an idea just because it sounds undoable and dangerous and impossible at the first time. Just park it mm. and let it mature. And you say let it mature. How, how do you do that? Are you just waiting and relaxing for the process and relying this will just... No, I would, I would put it, I would have that parking lot on my wall. Yeah. It could be in the staff room, mm. it could be in my office, it could be somewhere where the staff, the group where I'm working, where they can see it. Best case, they would see it every day. So that that will be a constant reminder. And when I'm walking past it, the staff is there and said, what do you think about this? Mm. Have you found something? Have you, have you come up with something based on this? So that there is a reminder. We don't, we don't sort of hide it in a closet and then hope that it's going to mature. No, because probably it won't. No, then we'll just forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good idea. And uh, the parking lot is a coaching tool. Yeah. And it's also a coaching tool in meetings when you you have the feeling, oh, this meeting is going off road. Mm. Uh, put it in the parking lot. All right. Um, the weather is really nice here and um, we are going to get some tea or something i think yeah um so we do hope that all our listeners um also can relax a little bit and reflect and think about the men in the mirror yeah um, so thank you so much for listening to us yeah thank you bye this podcast is made by culturum design and learning center in sweden